July 19th. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 21. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, no one is likely to die for a good person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's judgment. For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by His life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. And though there was no law to break, since it had not yet been given, they all died anyway, even though they did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. What a contrast between Adam and Christ, who was yet to come! And what a difference between our sin and God's generous gift of forgiveness! For this one man, Adam, brought death to many through his sin. But this other man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's bountiful gift. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But we have the free gift of being accepted by God, even though we are guilty of many sins. The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us. But all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brought condemnation upon everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness makes all people right in God's sight and gives them life. Because one person disobeyed God, many people became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many people will be made right in God's sight. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful kindness became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. John writes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. What we find ourselves in in, in 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17 is John is saying this friendship with Jesus is going to forever change your relationship to the world and culture you live in. Now, before we go further, we have to define this word world. 
The word world here in a moral sense, Greek moral sense, what John is saying is an attitude or an outlook that is absent or removed from God. So you look at things, so your understanding and your frame of mind is shaped not by God or any of his perspective or his teachings or his writings. It is a compilation of your own making and your attitude, your perspective, and your outlook is removed from God. He says, do not give in to that attitude and that outlook. Furthermore, do not associate to possessions and things with that attitude. You know why you're not to love the world or the things in the world? Because if you love that attitude and you love that outlook, you will relate to your car with that attitude and that outlook, which is to say you will see your car removed from God and far be it from any one of us, your car can become your God. Because there's no, now you can have the same car, same nice car, and if God is in and shaping your perspective, that car finds its proper place in your life. And now it's like, yeah, it's cool, it's nice. What, you want it? You can have it. If it wasn't for the Bible, you know where I would get my entire attitude and outlook on life? Two places, my friends and ESPN. I talk to smart people, I listen to what they say, and I go, ooh, I like that. And what is John saying? He's like, don't do that. You're building your eternal soul on a compilation of conversations with friends and your favorite sports network? You matter more than that. Now, if anyone loves the world, if anyone has embraced, enjoys an attitude or an outlook removed from God, the love of the Father is not there. Now notice, John does not write love for the Father. He says love of the Father is not in Him. Which is to say, the reality and the understanding of God's love for you is not present. And by definition, we buy into what is fake and hollow and empty and can never deliver. And I'm trying to put myself in John's mindset. And, it, and, it, and all of a sudden it dawns on me, I know why John transitions to using the word Father for God. It's Matthew 17. This is the second time the audible voice of the Heavenly Father is used to declare His divine connection to Jesus. John is up on this mountain, Peter, James, and John, the BFFs of Jesus, are on this mountain, okay? And Moses and Elijah appear. And look what it says. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. God the Father, God the Son, who are one and yet distinguishable. And the Father speaks to the Son. And what does he say to the Son? I am well pleased with you. Guess what John got a front row seat for? Three years of watching what can happen when a son and a father have perfect relationship.
Guess what Jesus never had a day in his life of insecurity? Guess what Jesus never did? Scroll his comments on social media and go, I don't like you either, block. Guess what Jesus never did? Talked over people. Yeah, well, I, that's, I caught a fish this big. Cool. Well, I, I, got, I, have, I have two sports cars. Awesome. Cool, thanks, Jesus. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, just saying. He was never that guy, was he? John had to be mesmerized by Jesus. Jesus was just unmoved by, by criticism and critique and opinion and, and people who were important, who didn't like him. John must have thought, we, we need to improve our brand, like Jesus. But he just was, what was he? He was secure, content, one with the Father. He knew that the Father approved of him and loved him and was for him. Matthew chapter 3 in the baptism of Jesus and he says and Jesus baptized immediately he went up from the water and behold the heavens were open number one the heavens were open and then it says and the spirit came descending upon and came to rest on him so heavens are open rest on him and then the father says pleased with him well that's a trifecta if you knew the heavens were open to you and the spirit of God rested on you and the father was pleased with you would you live the rest of your days trying to buy a sports car to look cool? Would you spend the rest of your days telling people the square footage in your home? Would you spend the rest of your days trying to get more followers on? Would you spend the rest of your days trying to get perceived success so that people respect you and honor you? Are we going to spend the rest of our days wanting and wanting and wanting when the Father can set us free? He can set us free because what is true of Jesus has been purchased for you. So now he who knew no sin became sin so that I might become the righteousness of God. My life is hidden in Christ as he is, so am I in this world. Therefore, the heavens are open to me, the Spirit rests on me, and the Father is pleased with me. Therefore, the world, attitudes and outlooks, absent and removed from God, is foolishness. I have found satisfaction. I have found security. I have found acceptance. I have found the Father. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5, a Psalm of David. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to slander others or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise persistent sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who do not charge interest on the money they lend, and who refuse to accept bribes to testify against the innocent, such people will stand firm forever. Proverbs 19, 
verses 18 and 19. Discipline your children while there is hope. If you don't, you will ruin their lives. Short-tempered people must pay their own penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again.